From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of The Revealing. Um, It has been a little bit of time since uh, we have uh, gathered around uh, the table here and um, gotten into the Word. Now, we've taken a little bit of a a break uh, with some of the just current events and and whatnot going on uh, in our world, Um, but we are glad and excited and ready uh, to get around the Word once again. Uh, I am here with uh, Pastor Frank and um, our brother and praise leader here at One Baptist Church, Jacksonville, Chris Wing. It's good to to have you guys here again. Good to be back. And, yeah, good to be back. Amen. Yes. And um, and uh, man, I'm just we're sitting here talking and, and trying to think of some of the things that we have uh, been discussing over the last um, several episodes. If you've joined us from the beginning or maybe kind of hopped on uh, at any point um, on that journey, um, man, we, we just would love to encourage you to. Um, go back and and maybe take a listen uh, to an episode or two and just kind of refresh yourselves on some of the things that we've been talking about. Man, um, just they've been some great topics of study. They, they've led to some great conversation, and we've enjoyed it, uh, no doubt. We we hope that you have enjoyed it. Uh, if you're here with us, then then there's something uh, that you've either enjoyed or something wrong with you to <laughs> make you <laughs> continue to listen to us, uh, noobs, but, uh, here, here you are and here we are. Um, but you know, we're just three guys here, uh, with Bibles in front of us. Amen. And, um, and so there's nothing special about us, but there is something special about this book yeah. and, uh, and the God of it. So, uh, so, so, uh, we don't know exactly uh, what this is going to look like as far as, you know, episodes and, and, you know, kind of the journey per se, but as we often like to do, maybe just let let the Lord lead us, uh, though we do have a, a, a vision, um, and, and we, we were talking about some of the things that we wanted to discuss, and maybe that would be important for this day, and, um, you know, you don't have to look very far, uh, turn the TV on very long, and see that we're living in a world um, that uh, is, um, man, it's just every day, it's unraveling more and more, and... Um, 2020 has been very interesting so far. Yeah, to say the least, and and um, it doesn't catch the Lord by surprise. Uh, but you know, we are in, in a very peculiar time, and um, with that, um, you know, seeing how how the the end um, per se uh, could be very well near. Um, man, it's really important, I, I think, to establish uh, this thing of salvation, uh, biblical mm-hmm. salvation, and on what it is and what it is not. Uh, because there is a lot of churchianity, I think, that uh, goes on, um, that is preached from pulpits, that is propagated, um, and e- even really fr- from from well-meaning uh, and well-intended uh, people. Um, you know, we, sure. we could give people the benefit of the doubt in that regard. You know, we're not trying to trying to throw a tax out here in that regard. But you know, as you've heard our, our previous episodes, man. We, we do love this book, and, and we do hate every false way, uh, as David said in Psalm 119. And so um, salvation, you know, there's a lot of things about the Bible or in the Bible that, that we, you know, we, we may get wrong or we may, you know, need to, to you know, kind of tighten our understanding in some things and areas. But uh, salvation is not one of those areas where we can afford to uh, 
uh, just make assumptions or to um, think that we have it down based on what someone else tells us. Uh, we, we need to go to the book. And so I think that's kind of where we're going to go with that today and maybe over the next uh, couple episodes. Uh, but, um, you know, when we think about salvation, uh, I'm just going to throw this out here to you guys. Um, when we think about salvation, um, you know, before we start talking about what it is, um, maybe we can just take a few moments and kind of discuss maybe some of the, the thoughts or ideas or, or, or what it has become uh, as, as far as maybe what the assumption is. And we're not talking about from the lost world, but maybe just more from, uh, from, from you know, you, if you go out on the streets and you just ask, if you ask, uh, you know, a self-professed Christian, you know, what does it mean to be saved or what is salvation? Um, what is the gospel? You know, those types of really basic questions. Um, you may be surprised, you may not be, but you get a lot of different answers. You get a lot of different perspectives. So, um, so, so what, what do you guys see when it comes to um, this thing of salvation and the gospel and kind of what we're kind of just seeing in the 21st century, in the church anyway? Yeah, well, when you're talking about salvation, you're talking about the gospel. I think that, that that's what's been watered down, if you will, is that gospel message. That's the power of God that saves to begin with. So when you go out and you just ask somebody, like you said, if you just go out on the street and ask somebody, oh, hey, I'm a Christian. Oh, that's great. And if you were just to ask them, because this is what we've done from time to time, when we, go, when we used to go door to door and all that kind of stuff, we'd ask people, oh, if you're a Christian, so what's the gospel? The most basic thing, if that's the power of God that saves, you, you would think that somebody who's professed Christian would know it. And the tragedy behind that is the fact that most people don't know it they'll know, well, Jesus died for my sins. And yes, of course he did, but that's not where it stops, right? So what about that burial? What about that resurrection? And, and that people just don't, I don't know, that's, that's what's been watered down. So they don't, they don't even know how to tell you what the gospel is. And that's the power of God into salvation. So mm. yeah, it's just not being preached from the pulpits a lot of times anymore. They just want to stick with the, well, Jesus died for your sins. Well, but there's, there's more, you know? Yeah, and I think a lot of times, you know, the, the, the assurance or the indication of salvation maybe comes from, you know, well, well, my dad was a pastor or I grew up in church or, you know, I was in Sunday school from a young age and those types of things. And and those are all very well and good. Um, but, but none of those, you know, e equate to, 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 to salvation, to being saved. Um, so um, there's so much, um, you know, Paul talks about in Galatians chapter one um, and over to, and the, and, uh, to the Corinthians, about another gospel that is being preached, and really, this isn't just something that we at One Baptist Church or just you know that you know there's some legalistic guys that are getting together and trying to hammer people. Um, this was going on in the first century, mm. where there was another spirit that was in the church, mind you, in the church, another spirit that was that was um, uh, going around that was being followed, another Jesus that was being <clears throat> preached, another gospel that was being believed in and received. And man, that that's scary. And, and, and the word of God, Paul said in Corinthians, the word of God was being used deceitfully. Um, so, so there was a false, there were false scriptures that were going around even. Um, so, so this thing is not though important. It's not new. It's it's not just something again that we're just trying to you know, hey, let's just kind of rag on this for a little while. It's too important. You got to get it right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Man, I, I I just I think so. We want to take this time to to really start talking about what salvation is biblically, um, and and maybe you know by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, you know, if you're out there and you're hearing this and 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 you see that man, these guys are really you know just using the Word of God. 
letting the Bible speak for itself and be the Bible, then you can discern, you know, what it is that that your pastor is saying in your local church. We're not trying to, you know, sow discord or anything like that. We just want you to be equipped and to know that you know what the Word of God says because, you know, that's what it comes down to, what you believe about this book and about him and, and, and if you've received him and what that looks like. Um, not from, again, a legalistic or a formula standpoint. You have to do these four things and in this order and all that. That's works. Like, and we, that's religion. We can get really caught up in, in, in all that stuff. So let's just let the Bible be the Bible. Yeah, you know, when it comes to salvation, it, it's it's something that there's, there's an assurity to, right? It's You have it or you don't have it, but you can know that you have it. And you don't want to have any doubt. You know, I've talked to people that, that they're like, well, I, I think I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Well, you, you should know that, and you can know that. And it makes me think of the scripture in 1 John 5, 13, which says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may be, believe on the name of the Son of God. So it's not, this is the kind of thing that's that vitally important because it, it has everything to do with your eternity. So we would, we would think you'd want to get it right, know what it really is, what's involved in it, and be sure that you are saved. Yeah. So that's the very important topic. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about the gospel, um, the first thing that I think that we need to establish and make sure that we understand is that the gospel that unfortunately that is being propagated today is more about what Jesus did for us. And although that is true, he did something for us. There's no doubt about it. And, and certainly uh, his, his love uh, is what drove him to do what he did for us. We've got to stop thinking that the gospel is just what he did for us. And we got to start understanding that the gospel, you know, is about a kingdom. And it's what, what he did for us so that we can now do for him. And I think that is where the lines are are are, are getting skewed. Um, you know, Jesus didn't just die for us to save us and then call it a day. Uh, that's that's that's. I mean, if we're going to let scriptures be the reality and the truth of the matter, uh, that's uh, that's just not what you see in scripture. Uh, there is there's there's far more to it. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but kind of put this in your spirit now. When we're talking about that portion of the gospel, and I'm going to say it that way, uh, that portion of the gospel um, is, uh, you know, Jesus died for our sins. That's justification. And, and, and praise the Lord. And amen. And we never could ever... Uh, return what he did for us. And he, he did that uh, lovingly. He did that uh, uh, with uh, all uh, intense purposes of, of wanting to save us from our sins uh, as he bore our sins on him. But if you just stop there, then what you have effectively done is you've made the gospel about a place and you have not made the gospel about a person. That's good. And that's the that's where we're missing it. Mm-hmm. That's where I think, unfortunately, most people view church as a place we go. A thing we do. A thing we do. 
Uh, heaven's a place where we go when we die. Uh, and the reason why I think that's where most people are is because that's what Jesus did for you. We're good with that. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to give us something, you know, because we always call, say it, right? It's a free gift. And by the way, it is. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 8, 9 makes that very, very clear. It is a free gift. However, don't stop at Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Read verse 10 too. Mm-hmm. There's that free gift, um, um, uh, you know, is, is without question, maybe the great, not even maybe, it is the greatest gift we can receive. Um, no question about it. However, uh, that's not where it ends. Uh, and that justification is not where it, where it ends. And, and Paul certainly uh, didn't view uh, that as the case. And, and, and I just, man, sometimes I wonder, uh, and, you know, and again, uh, Robert, I think you're right. I don't think it's uh, people intentionally trying to, to, to teach something wrong or something to that matter. Uh, but whatever the case is and however we got here, the fact of the matter is we have gotten here. Uh, matter of fact, just the other day, in 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 preparation <laughs> to uh, to this, um, I saw a, a local church, and I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that, but how they were doing a message on the gospel, and I went and listened uh, to the three messages, and I, I'm just telling you guys, man, I, I, they didn't even go to First Corinthians 15, and I've got to ask, how can you preach the gospel and not even go to First Corinthians 15? And it was clearly. For three straight messages, it was a what Jesus did for you. Jesus wants to love you where you're at. Well, you know, and, and the thing that comes from that is when you when you when you build the foundation on, on a false premise and or not the, the whole thing, right. what ends up happening is now, and we've talked about this I don't know how many times in the past, but the Bible then becomes all about me. If this is what Jesus did for me and this is what Jesus wants to do for me, then everything that I now perceive in the word of God based on that message being preached to me is that now this book is about me. It's, it's a self-centered yeah. gospel. Oh, yeah, and Laodicea to the core. Because, that I mean, when you build it on the wrong foundation, everything that follows is going to be wrong, too. So if you don't get the correct gospel message to begin with and understand what's thing about salvation, you know, everything that follows is going to be wrong as well. So And, and like Robert said, I don't think people are intentionally no, doing no, it. No, no, no. But it's, it's, it, it's, it, it is right, right? If, if um, you know... Uh, Listen, let's let's use like a sports analogy, right? If 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 I'm learning how to shoot a free throw, and I'm not, sh- you know, I'm taught how to shoot it wrong, well, am I going to be very good at it? No, right? It's going to somebody's going to have to come in and show me and, and help me, and 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 I'm going to have to practice on how to do it right, right? I think that's kind of what's happened somewhere along the line. Um, the message got distorted. Mm. It got taught wrong, and now the people teaching what got taught wrong <laughs> is teaching wrong. Mm, you mean kind of like what Satan may have done in the garden there a little bit with the Word of God? I would say exactly like mm. Satan did in the garden. And, and, and man, if he's going to attack something, the Word of God, uh, yeah, and I would say the gospel. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's what gets saved. Gets this is saved. this is it. Romans one sixteen says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation." Yeah. End of story. We this we we can't get this yeah, wrong. Yeah, cannot afford to get this one wrong. This one's got to be right, and 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 I think what um, we have to understand is that, and I think we've laid this out as as clear as we can. It's not just about what Jesus did for us. That's if you stop there, 
you've missed it. He, he was buried. Okay, there's your sanctification. And, 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 and he rose again. There's your glorification. There's, Paul consistently talks about these three tenses of salvation in the Bible. Romans 8 would be a great place to go to, and eventually we will go there. Uh, but um, we've got to understand you were saved, you're being saved, mm-hmm. and you're going to be saved. And if you don't understand what we're saying that right now, and you go, oh, that's, what, that's crazy. What are you talking about? Listen, hang with us, because we're going to show you through Scripture what that really means. And, and, and you throw out a, f- a few words, and I kind of want to hang on, on that rim maybe f- for our time in this episode. You know, you, you threw out justification, and then you said sanctification and glorification. So, so, so maybe, you know, maybe we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about salvation, you know, and, and we're using some words that, of course, these are biblical words, um, but just because they're in the Bible, again, you know, doesn't mean that, that people understand what these words are, what they mean, what they entail, uh, the implications of them, all of those things. So, so maybe we can kind of unpack some of that and, and look at, uh, in that order, um, you know, what justification is, um, what it means for us, why do we need to be justified? You know, because you said both all of us have talked about the gospel and what is the gospel, and we talked about that, and, and we'll get into more detail, but what does gospel mean? It means good news, right? And, and so there's good news. Um, but if, if, if I'm if I'm uh, driving down the, the highway and I get pulled over by an officer and the officer stops me and, and he says, um, Mr. Ringel, uh, I, uh, I just want you to know that um, your uh, your best friend uh, just um, paid your, your ticket and has um, afforded you the opportunity to, to get out of jail. Okay, well, I guess that's good news, but... I'm not going to appreciate that unless I knew the bad news. And the bad news was that I was speeding, I was breaking the law, and I was condemned to a punishment. And so I'm not going to know or appreciate or understand that gift, that good news, uh, lest I get the bad news. Um, And so I think that maybe that's where that justification comes in. What is it? Why do we need it? What does it mean for us? Um, and, and so, you know, when I think about the gospel, the good news, okay, so so there's good news, and, and, and we can unpack that. But so the bad news, though, uh, John chapter 3 is very clear uh, that, that we are uh, condemned. We are a condemned people. Condemned outside, already. Uh, currently. Oh, uh, John chapter it's not that we're three. going to be condemned. We're condemned already. Correct, correct. Uh, we, we have the, the wrath of God. Um, presently, uh, outside of Christ, outside of fellowship with him, we have the wrath of God abiding on him. And to, to really get our minds around this, you know, why would God be so angry? Why, 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 why is God wrathful? Well, God is holy. God is pure. God is perfect. God is, I mean, loving. Like, if, if I love something, I'm going to hate anything that comes in opposition to that. And God loves righteousness. God loves holiness. He is love. God is love. God is light, the Bible tells us. And if that's the case, and it is, then anything that flies in the face of that, um, because he is good and perfect and right and true and holy, he cannot have, he cannot um, look past it any of that. He is a judge, and he is a good judge. He is a perfect judge. And if I if I break the law, and I stand before a judge, and I say, 
yes, sir, I, I, I committed this crime, but you know, um, I, I give to my local charity and I, I help my grandma across the street because she's old and frail. And, and I go volunteer at the senior center and I do all these good things. And, and, and I try to mind my manners and I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Okay. Hats off to you. But listen, if that judge is a good judge, if he's worth his salt, if he if he's upholding the law, if he does his job, then he, despite my self-perceived goodness, he's going to have to condemn the, the crime. And a uh, couple, couple weeks ago, I think we preached a message on this on Sunday, right? Here's the thing. What gives us the right to proclaim our goodness to begin with? That's a self-righteous thing to do in the first place when the Bible clearly <laughs> says. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's Jer- none good. Jeremiah seventeen nine says, "The heart is deceitful, deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it?" See, the, the way the world thinks today is that man is really good, but capable of doing evil or sin, right? Depending how you look at it. But God flips that on his face and says, "Your heart inherently is dis- desperately wicked." That's where it starts from, because you just said in John three, you're condemned already because of your your disbelief and your sin. It's it's that that three lettered word, sin. That, that is also missing from today's gospel message. And, and Paul says that in Romans 3.10, there is none good. No, not one. There's right. none righteous. There is none that understands. There is none that seeketh after God. All, All have sinned. sinned. All. And come short of the glory yeah, of God. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right, Robert. Right? That's I think that's the thing, man, is, is, you know, one of the things that, you know, and Chris, you, you know, you've kind of been with the, not even kind of, you've been with me since the beginning. When we first planted this church way back in 2013. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Seven years ago. That's crazy. Time flies. It sure does. Um, but one of the things that for me, when I, when I planted this church, it was in my heart. It was my driven force that if we weren't going to be anything, we're going to tell what the Bible says. We're going to be truth tellers. We're just going to say what the Bible says. And wherever those cards lay and fall is where they lay. But at the end of the day, when I stand before my Lord, when we stand before our Lord, we're going to be able to say, your word was our authority. And it didn't always, <laughs> you know, it didn't always go the way we wanted it to go. But at the end of the day, your word was our authority. And when we're talking about this thing of salvation, yeah, man, we got to get this thing right. And, and, you know, when Jesus says things like, for many are going to say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, and I'm going to say to them, I never knew you, that scares me to death. That makes me very fearful. Um, it, you know, you know, Chris, you said it, and 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 listen. I, I, just the other day, I was talking to somebody, and, and I that's when somebody tells me they're a Christian. Hmm. Um, it's almost like it's been programmed in my brain. The first thing I ask them now is, "Oh man, awesome man! What's the gospel?" It's frightening. They they, they 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 just can't answer it. And and listen, I I don't know, I don't know how we how we roll here. And at the end of the day. I'm not the judge, so nobody has to answer to me. But I know the judge, and I know what the judge said. And when it says things like, <laughs> the gospel is 
the only thing that saves. Uh, it's the engrafted word that can save your soul, James 1.21. I'm just thinking that we might want to get on the same page with the one who will we will have to answer to. Yeah. And that's so important because the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 says it's according to scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so if we can't, um, and it's not just, hey, if you know where the gospel is in scripture, you're saved. It's not just about being able to point it with your finger, but if you can't, and if you don't know what it is according to scripture, in scripture, then yeah, yeah, I, I think some some well, question marks. And in that First Corinthians fifteen passage, it says receive and believe. Yep. So there's yep. two things we, we need to receive. do with the gospel. I think where a lot of people are laying right today, right now, is they believe it, they just have never received it. It's just an intellectual thing. They, they made it an intellectual thing because it's all about me. It's what Jesus did for me. Or they made an emotional decision sure. um, on the other end of the spectrum. Sure. And, you know, there was a message that was preached, you know, at camp, you know, when I was a teenager or, you know, on Sunday morning service. And, and that's awesome. And, man, people get saved in that in those sure. um, no venues um, all the time. Uh, but, you know, if we're just kind of feeling emotional or, or regretful over something or, you know, just a really hard time in our life and, and, and the person delivering that message just offers, you know, peace and, and uh, the things that are appealing to us. Um, okay. Well, we're, we're, it's almost like a bait and switch where it's, we're, we're being lured in uh, by these, these promises and man, Jesus does offer peace. He does bring wholeness. He does bring reconciliation. Uh, but if we're just coming to Jesus for, for what he can give us, he says in his word that he withheld from the masses because uh, they were just seeking him for what he could offer them. Uh, it was very self-centered and, and, and not understanding the things that we're talking about and justification and the need for that and all of that. Um, and especially without the gospel, I don't know how there can be a salvation. And, and no wonder you have these people who are making these quote decisions at altars. And then, you know, in a few months, you know, it's as if nothing ever True. happened that Sunday morning or whatever. You know, going back to when we started this thing, um, planning this church, you know, here's the thing for me. And, and I never want anybody who's hearing us to think that we think we know it all and other people don't know what they're talking about. And, and it, no, that's, 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 that, that's really not what we're about. That's not what I'm about. Here's what, here's what I'm about. And here's what I think this church is about. We just want, let's just say, that somewhere along the line, we're talking about this gospel thing, and somewhere along the line, hey, you know, people can get saved at, at, at just by hearing it. Okay, let's say that's true. Okay, at the end of the day, why is it so bad? And, and this is my heart for this church. Why is it so bad to want to move people to have a deeper knowledge, have a deeper understanding? Okay, maybe on the superficial level, maybe people can get saved. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the judge. But why can't we dig deeper into these things? Why can't we be more, more uh, 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 Scripture-centered? If it just makes us a better Christian, what's wrong with that? You know, what, what's wrong with that? We should always be striving to be better anyways. I mean, Robert, we just talked yesterday, right? And, and what did I tell you? I said, man, if we ever get to the place where we just think we've got it all and we know it all, that's when we've lost. 
we should always be striving to get better. We should always be wanting to dig deeper. We should always be wanting to get closer. And even if, even if we are saved and, and what we're saying right now um, has some truth to it. And, 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 but yet, you know, we could, we could maybe skin, skin those things and say, you know, but, uh, but, but, but man, if people just love God, everything's going to be okay. Maybe that's true. I don't know. At the end of the day, I, I think scripture would verify that it's not, but, um, what I would say to those that are listening is, but why can't we be better? If Jesus gave it all for us, don't we deserve, doesn't he deserve the same from us? I mean, I think, isn't that what Paul says in Romans 12, one and two, correct me if I'm wrong. Make yourself a living sacrifice. I mean, if he gave it all to us, then he deserves all of us. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when it comes to the gospel, if you're not getting the whole thing preached to you, and you and you've gotten this this you know, false conversion, if you will, because it, you just didn't get you didn't get the whole message. The thing about the gospel is that it's not just what Jesus did for us, but that you were saying, you know, it's what we what we need to do for Him. But we, there's a response to that because we're supposed to live the gospel. Sure. Well, you know, spiritually, of course, Jesus physically died on that cross. He literally went to hell and became sin for us, and he he literally rose from the dead. Well, we're supposed to do that spiritually. I mean, that's the response to Romans it. Romans 6. Right, Romans 6. You know, that's the picture of baptism, water baptism is all about. It doesn't save you. It's a picture. But we're supposed to die to the old sinful man. We were just talking about sin. Bury that old sinful man and be raised in newness of life. And so, like you were saying, like, well, we, we, should, we could just, isn't it okay for us to just be better, be better Christians? Well, the thing is, the response to that gospel is that you have a desire and a love for the word of God. And Jesus is the word of God. So if if you got, you know, quote unquote, saved, can't, can't one and other. you didn't, you have no desire, you don't read or study the word, you're never in it, you don't go to church or any of these things, you just, oh, you know, I said, yes, I, I got my ticket punched and I'm good. There's no desire for a hungering and thirsting, you know, as, as, as the Bible says, as, as babes desire the sincere milk of the word. If there's no desire to, to, to love that, to know that, and Jesus is the word, you, where's, where's the transformation? Where's the change? Where was your, where, your where living the gospel yeah. in response to it? There's no, there's no change. There's no transformation. So, you know, that's the thing about this thing of salvation. That's why it's so important because it's not just about saying yes to like the, the preacher had a emotional message and I went down and I cried and I, I said yes to Jesus and then he entered my heart. There's no change after that. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing happened. You might want to examine yourself because it's, it's a good chance that you didn't actually get saved. You didn't even get the whole gospel. You didn't respond to it biblically. You just, you know, were emotionally fueled and your life goes on as normal. There's no, and here's a key word. I'm sure we'll dig into repentance behind it. So if there's no change and there's no desire and there's no love for the word of God, Jesus being that word, he even says, if you love me, you'll, you'll keep my words. You love me, you'll keep my commandments in John 14. That's the response. You, you give now yourself and sacrifice yourself, as Paul says in Romans 12, to him, to live for him. And if that doesn't ever happen, where's the conversion? It was a false conversion. There, nothing, nothing changed in your life. You, didn't, you may believe the gospel. The devils believe and tremble. You know, so now it's just an intellectual thing. You, you, you know it, some of it anyways, maybe, but you, and you believe it, but there's no change, no change at all. And that's what, that's what happens when you actually get saved is there is a, his Holy Ghost enters you and dwells you in. There's a change. You, you now want to live for him and not yourself. And I think a good, an important distinction is um, to what you're saying, Chris, that the, the evidence of 
that genuine conversion, that salvation is the change, yeah. you know? And so, so less anyone listening thinks that we're saying, okay, you need to, 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 to change so you can be saved. Right. That's not justification. Right. That's good works or that's, that's self-righteousness as Frank said earlier. Uh, that's religion. Um, there should be, a, we are created unto good works. Unto. Uh, yes. Yeah. We are saved unto that. Right. So uh, that ought to follow. Um, and that is a good indication that that change, uh, that outward change, is is a very good indication of the inward change or conversion that took place. Um, so, so okay, so so we we we've kind of I feel like we've thrown out some really great things. Um, so let's let's you know maybe biblically bear a few of these things out with our remaining time. Uh, so we talk about justification. Hey, hey, hey Robert. Mm-hmm. But, um, and maybe this is the direction you're going, but I just want to kind of make sure we're on the same page. Let, let you, you talked about the bad news. Yeah. Let, <clears throat> let's, let's kind of dive into real quick. Okay. What is the bad news? How did we get there? Yeah. And why is that important yeah. for us to understand? Yeah. Um, because, you know, I do think that that's, that's, that's a critical uh, uh, piece to all of this. Um, you know, so uh, obviously, if we're going to talk about the bad news, we got to start in the garden. Um, you know, uh, Paul, <laughs> you know, in in his uh, in his uh, 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 driven written book that was uh, inspired by the Holy Ghost uh, that talks about the doctrine of salvation, Romans. Mm. Um, he he clearly lays out and brings us back to the garden uh, when he talks about um, how by one man's sin entered into the world. Romans 5. Right? And, 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 and what was the penalty for that sin? And death. death mm-hmm. by sin. And death passed upon all, all men. men. Death is a separation. Right. We've inherited that. And so what, go ahead, Chris, you, you said it. So what's the, if we're going to do this, we want to be biblical about it. Well, I don't want anyone to think that, well, that's what one Baptist church thinks, or well, that's what Robert thinks, or that's what Frank thinks. And I really don't care what one Baptist church thinks. And I really don't care what Frank thinks. And I really don't care what Robert thinks. Uh, if we're talking about what kind of car he wants to drive, sure. His <laughs> I, was opinion say, I really don't care about what you okay? think. <laughs> but, but when it comes down to the Bible, I only care, and we should only care what the Bible says. Yeah, amen. Right? So, so okay, so let's talk about it. What is death, Chris? You, it is a separation. Okay, right. so, so when we think of that word death, you know, uh, yeah, certainly uh, we, we equate it to when we die. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there are two different right. deaths in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make sure we understand what those are. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first death, and again, it's a separation. When God made man, he made man in his image, in his likeness. Uh, uh, and, and, and what he was made was with a body, with a soul, and with a spirit. Mm-hmm. He breathed, uh, Genesis 2, 7, he breathed the spirit of God into man and man became a living soul. Yep. So you started with this, and here's a big key word we're going to probably use a lot. He started with this pile of clay. He formed it into a vessel. It was an empty, broken vessel that was lifeless. He breathed into that empty, broken vessel his spirit that gave that vessel life that now became a living soul. That's important. Don't miss that part. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> that's why I'm going here. <laughs> right? Okay. That's, that's what, man, what God made. And then what he expected that man to do, 
Okay, because the, 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 and we could go into discipleship now, <laughs> but but we won't. But 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 just for the sake of uh, uh, the conversation, what he expected that man to do was create other sons of God. And what what do sons of God do? They bring glory to God. That's what they do. Okay, so that was man's first mission: go and replenish the earth, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Create other sons of God who will do what? The same thing. Glorify me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was God's intention. Well, the issue was what God did in that transaction with man is he gave man something that he had given to somebody else prior to that, which was a person by the name of Lucifer. He didn't and like it, that. And, and he wasn't so happy about no. the fact that he had just given a, a mission that it was given to Lucifer to now this man. And so what Lucifer does, uh, by this time now he is referred to as Satan, which means adversary. He goes into the garden and he deceives Eve into uh, uh, not, I mean, what's the, what, what, what did he question? The word of God. There's, there it is, man. All we got to do is question the word of God and everything else gets, gets thrown out the, 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 the door. It was the very first thing, the very first recorded words that God revealed to us in his scripture about what Satan said was what? Did God really, God really say? Said, yeah. I mean, law first mentioned in the Bible is very important. That was the first thing God said that's, that Satan had said. So what do you think Satan's going to do? He's always going to be questioning. Did God really say? Did God really say? And of course we know uh, the, the rest of the story, Eve fell. She gave the fruit to her husband, Adam. He ate of it as well. He fell and sin entered into the world. Sin and death and death. Right. What that, that, that man that would had been given eternal life through the spirit of God, the spirit of God left him. And that's exactly that, what God said would happen. Yep. Had they partaken of that fruit uh, Genesis two seventeen. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Right, right. And did he? Absolutely. Just not physically, like we think. Yeah. It was a spiritual death. He lost the spirit of God. Now something had to sustain him to keep life, and that's a whole different ball game. But we can we can mention it now. Um, you know, blood started to course through Adam's veins, and now he became a. Uh, 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 a physical, he was no longer a spiritual man. He now was a physical man. So he went from flesh and bone to flesh and blood. Right. right. Just like the scriptures tells us. And what's interesting is we're speaking of good works earlier. What was the first thing Adam and Eve did after they had ate that fruit and God had had called them out on the first thing that they did is they, they sowed leaves on themselves to cover their nakedness, to cover their shame. So, 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 so listen, friend, the, 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 instinct the natural inclination that we have today is to just fix the problem ourselves yeah it's just try to buy our good works or by you know doing this and that or or, you know by our self-will by our supposed self-righteousness trying to bridge that gap between the wretched sinner and the holy god but this is a spiritual problem and that failed Mm -hmm. this is a spiritual problem right it's not a physical and we can't fix it correct (laughs) 
There's nothing we can do to fix the spiritual problem. That's why any self-righteous good works you try to accomplish, those are all physical things. They don't accomplish nothing. This is a, phys- this is a, uh, this is a spiritual problem that needed a spiritual fix. And because we're not spiritual beings, and because our spirit is dead within us, how can we fix something that's dead? It's separated. Yeah. I mean, so this is the problem. And so I don't know what you've been taught about salvation. I don't know what you know, other denominations have taught you about salvation, uh, how you can work your way uh, to being the 144,000 or whatever other games we play with this stuff. Listen, this is a spiritual problem and you can't fix it. And, and that is bad news. <laughs> you know, that is the problem. That is the plight of man. And, I, I remember and uh, that's not, you don't find that stuff cross stitch on a pillow. You know, you're yeah. not encouraged by that. People aren't singing songs about that, Yeah, but there's good news. Well, hold on a minute now, because I remember Mike Metzger, um, uh, back at uh, First Bible Baptist Church in Rochester, New York. I remember him, uh, I was in, a, in one of his uh, Bible classes, and, and, and what he said was, and if that was the end of the story, how wretched indeed we would be. A- and it's true. I mean, think about what Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am, right? Uh, and, 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 and it is. It's a, it's a terrible Story and, and then we ask the question, okay, well, we're sinners. Okay, so what's the, what's the what's 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 so bad about that? And that's why I, before you jumped into the good news, what's so bad about the fact that we're sinners? What's so bad about the fact that we have this spiritual problem that we can't fix? Why, why is that so bad? What's the issue, Chris? What do you think? What's the issue? Why is that so bad? Yeah. Well, because that, biblically speaking, that is why you're dead, and you. What has that made? What has that made us, in God's eyes? Unrighteous. Okay. Unholy. Yeah. What else? You're fishing for something. I am. I'm fishing (laughs) for something. Trying to figure out what you're fishing for. Yeah, because because there's this is the key to the whole thing. You're you're his enemy. We're enemies. Very good. Yeah, we are God's enemy Mm -hmm. in that state. That's why his wrath is abiding on us. doesn't matter what you think you are. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. It doesn't matter what you do in life. It just doesn't matter. If you are spiritually dead, you are an enemy of God. End of story. That's not my belief. That's not this church's belief outside of the fact that that's what the Bible teaches. You know, and and we need to understand the reality of that. That puts us in a very, very bad spot. Uh, we have been sold to something, and that something is is what we call sin. And that word sin means miss the mark, separation. And what we have to understand is that God, in no way, shape, or form. Because he is light, and in him is no darkness at all, he cannot, he will not, he would go against his very 
uh, uh, scriptures talking about holiness, okay, he cannot be even in the presence of sin. He can't even be in the presence of it. So it's not even a matter of, well, you know, if I just live a good life, he'll, he'll still take me. No, he can't. He can't because you've got a problem. <laughs> and that problem's called sin, and he can't even be in the presence of it. And by default, you are his enemy. And, and we, you know, we need to understand that. When we were born into this world, we were born sinners. And although in our childhood state, in our infant state, God doesn't hold us accountable to those things. There does come a time where he does. And when we reach that time of, 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 of him holding us accountable, uh, and you know, that's, that's a probably a different story and a different topic we could talk about, but it's beside the point. Uh, you know, we hear this all the time, right? Oh, we're all God's children. Well, I don't see that in the Bible. Oh, we, we were all made in the image of God. Uh, no. no. How could we all be made in the image of God? Paul tells us we are, we're the children of disobedience. Yeah. Not all God's children. We're in the image of Adam. Fallen. Genesis 5.3. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, I mean, so when Adam fell, did he have the characteristics of God when he fell? No. He no longer had those characteristics. He no longer had, he didn't have the spirit of God within him. He just lost fellowship start to, with God. Yeah. Start to think about it. It just makes perfect sense when you start to think about it. Yeah, he lost fellowship with him. He was kicked out of the garden mm-hmm. on purpose. Well, that's the thing. When he fell, um, he died spiritually. That all changed. The image was now tainted. It was not the same anymore. He lost that image that he was originally made in. And that's why every human being that was procreated after him is in that same image. So you said something, I just want to jump on it for a second, and I know where you're going with it, but you, you said, we're born, we're born sinners. I would say when we're born, we're born with a fallen image. Sure. We're not sinners until we sin. The Bible says that whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. We, we are going to sin because of that fallen image, so that's definitely true, but we're not actually born a sinner. You have to sin first, but that's what's going to happen because of that image. Well, well now, you're fallen well, in that image. Now, in the book of Psalms, it says, I was shapen in iniquity. Yeah. From my mother's womb. Because two sinners came together and made an, another fallen image yeah. that's going to also sin. It's de- yeah. definitely go hand in hand. I'm not yeah. contesting that. I'm just saying that we're all born with that fallen image, sure. which is going to lead us to a sin, to sin and, com- sure. and transgress that law. But and, and isn't it interesting you don't have to teach a kid you don't, no. to do bad? Right. That's what comes naturally because of the image. Naturally the fallen do image. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> what you have to do is teach a kid to do good. And that's the hard part. That's the challenging part. I mean, I got two of them. <laughs> it's a cha- it's a challenge, man, to to to, to teach them to do good because they're not naturally bent to do that. They're naturally bent to do bad, to sin, because we have a fallen image. Um, so, okay, that's the bad news. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Robert, let's we we've got about five minutes. So before we ju- well, the next episode, we can kind of jump into justification. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For the, for, the, for, the, for the maybe the last five minutes, let's. Okay, so so we talked about the bad news, but now what's the penalty for that bad news? Let's end there. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 make this so dire that people have to come back and listen to our next episode. Okay, because we, we we just want to leave them hanging out there. Uh, that they that they got to come back next week to hear what we got to say uh, about how we fix this problem. Because here's the here's the blessing of it all. 
there is a fix to the problem. Mm. And, 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 and that is where we uh, have to bow our knee to our Lord Jesus Christ. No doubt about it. But, but okay, what's, what's the penalty for this? We're okay. dead. Romans 6, 23. And, mm-hmm. and what is that? Death. Death. Okay. The wages of sin is death. And, 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 and yes, the first death is physical. Mm-hmm. But what's the second death? Spiritual. And where, where do we see, where would we find that, Chris? Uh, Revelation. Revelation 20. Yep. Chapter 20. Revelation. Yeah. And so here's the thing. And, and we have to view this like God does. Please, if you're listening right now, listen to what we're about to say here. God absolutely, unequivocally, undeniably, 150% hates sin. I don't care how much we trivialize it, trivialize it in our world. I don't care how much we minimize it. I don't care how much we try to hide it and whatever we do. God hates sin. All of it. Every ounce of it. Because it is completely and utterly against his nature. He is holy. End of story. And whether you go to the Old Testament or whether you go to the New Testament, the Bible clearly says, be ye holy for I am holy. And when we commit sin, we are not doing what he has told us to do. And so uh, that's to say, that's not to say we're not going to sin. What I'm saying is we need to understand the true biblical Uh, uh, definition behind what sin really is and and how much God really hates it. Because I think we've lost that, man. You want to talk about repentance and and we're going to go there. People really don't understand what repentance is anymore. And and I think the reason why we don't understand what repentance is anymore is because of two reasons. Number one, I don't think we teach it right anymore. If we teach it at all, Uh, when I listened to that message from that church, from, I didn't, didn't even mention the word repentance one time. How can you preach the gospel without mentioning the word repentance? There is no gospel without repentance. Second Corinthians seven ten. Yep. Hello, I mean, if the Bible's the Bible, you know, godly sorrow leadeth to repentance unto salvation. Well, I guess you got to have that for salvation. Yeah, um, we don't understand sin the way we should, mm. and and uh, what we have to understand about sin when it's all said and done is there's vials right now. There's vials right now that every single time since the dawn of man right through to today, every time a man sins, whether they are an unrepented sinner or whether they are uh, a Christian, doesn't matter. Those vials are getting filled. And if you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about revelation. The, 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 there's uh, seven vile judgments and those vials we are told that are being filled with the sins of man. What is, what, 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 what does it say? Is the wrath of God. That's how much God hates sin. When Jesus returns, (laughs) 
this this blue-eyed, nice, meek, never would hurt a fly, loved everybody, Jesus, is not what's coming back. He's coming back with wrath. This is how much he hates sin. And his wrath, the Bible tells us, is going to, for 1,300 furlongs, from just so you understand what that is, from roughly modern-day Jordan, Petra, to Jerusalem, it's going to be filled with blood up to the horse's bridle as Jesus is riding through there, preaching God's word, the sword coming out of his mouth, and people are literally, I, 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 I know this is bad, man, and it don't sound good, and we don't like to preach this, but this is the Bible. People are literally going to be melting and blowing up right where they stand. That's how much God hates sin. And he's going to bring vengeance to it. And we got to understand that yeah. because the wrath of God abides on us even now if we are not saved. So he's going to pour out that wrath, like you said. He's going to do it without mixture, it says. In other mm. words, it's going to be full potency. And, and <laughs> I don't know what full potency of God's like, yeah, but I'm going to tell you right now, that don't that sound good. Press. And then the thing is, <clears throat> the first time that wrath was poured out was on Jesus on the cross. And the Bible says that That's he didn't just different. take on our sins. He actually yeah. became sin yeah. for us who knew no sin. And so that's why Jesus, when he was praying in the garden, said, if there be any other way, take this cup from me. The cup was the wrath of God. He was going to be, he was going to be separated, death, right, from the Father for the first time in all of, all of history. Hey, well, you know, and, and what do you hear now? People, <laughs> people's, I hear this all the time. I'm, preachers will preach on that story of what happened in, in, in that Jesus was, was praying, not afraid to go to the cross. Praying that he wouldn't have to go to the cross. Not no, 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 no. He Jesus, didn't want to be separated. That was, that was ordained oh, was before the prophecy. world began yep. for him to go to the cross. No, that's not what he was praying about. What he was praying about was that separation from right. the Father. That's what he was praying about. And that's what there's any other about. way, there's any way we can get this cross thing done without me being separated from you can we do that? So he knew the importance of that. And oh, we're talking yeah. about sin and we're talking about death. And that's, that's what death is. It's that separation. Think about what Jesus had to go through uh, leading up to and going through on that cross. But he knew that was the separation that he was about to face. So when we think about our sin, we really ought to think very seriously about it in terms of the fact that that's what separates us from God. It grieved Jesus to know that he was going to be separated from him for that time that he needed to be to pay for the sins. We need to think about that when we think about our sin. You know, that's that's how desperately intense that 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 is. It's a separation. You know, and you were talking about that second death. Well, when people die without having their sins forgiven, they're going to end up in the lake of fire. There's going to be a separation for eternity. That's the importance of this. It's an eternal thing. It lasts for an eternity. That separation. So it needs. We have to understand that. So the wrath of God was poured out on him. It's going to be poured out again. Um, without mixture when he comes back the second time. That's the wrath of God that abides upon all men who are not saved. All right, so we got to wrap this up. Any last thoughts you have there, Robert, before we do? Yeah, I, I think that's a good place to, to stop, a very sobering place, a very real place um, of understanding um, because seeing all that and all that is bad news, I mean, really, it just can't help but make the good news that much yeah. better, you know, and that's love our Lord that much more. Well, you have to know, you know, 
you know, maybe that's some of the things that I've been accused of at this church is I paint the picture bad sometimes, but you know, I, I feel like you got to know just how bad things really are so that you can figure out how good things can be. You know, I want to know how bad things are so that I can really appreciate what Jesus did for me. If you're getting saved, what are you getting saved from? You want to know what it is you're getting saved yeah, from. Anything you want to close on? That was it. All right. Just and, and just so so your li- listeners, if you, um, I mean, there's a bunch of verses we could go to, obviously, but we'll just leave you with John 3.36. You know, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. All right. So next time, uh, we will uh, we'll move into this this gospel, this good news, this this idea of what salvation and what justification really is. Now that we understand that we were sold to sin, that we are in bondage to sin, uh, and because of that, uh, we have a serious serious problem. We need to know how to fix the problem. And, and again, as I said, and, and we'll leave you with this. It's not a physical problem we need to fix. It's pointed on to man wants to die. You can't fix the physical problem. We're all going to die. You got to fix the spiritual problem. And that's not something you can do by physical means. Amen? Absolutely. All right. Love you guys. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor, Frank Silvaggio. Associate Pastor, Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.